we're basically saying anybody who uses any campus level service has to get tested unless you're 100% fully remote and some of our students are like that. So this applies to about 140,000 of our students that are on campus. Hi there, it's WAMC News Director Ian Pickus. And on this episode of the WAMC News Podcast, my conversation with SUNY Chancellor Jim Malatris. The SUNY system announced an ambitious plan this week to test all of its on-campus students before they go home for Thanksgiving for COVID-19. We're going to pull this off because of the great innovation and the miraculous um, uh, work of SUNY Upstate Medical University, the University at Albany, and other institutions that have developed state-of-the-art saliva tests. So um, we've been able to get that New York State Department of Health approval, as well as FDA approval for SUNY Upstate, which has unlocked the door of doing up to like 120,000 tests a week. And given that we want to do more on the way out for Thanksgiving, they've ramped that up to 200,000 tests potentially a week. So because of their good work, we're able to do more and more every day on surveilling the virus on our campus. And for that, we owe a a debt of gratitude to SUNY Upstate, their researchers, uh, their health experts and others for all that they do. So your plan involves getting a test done within 10 days of a student leaving campus. Is that too much lead time? We know a virus, you know, you might have it for a couple of days before you know about it or while you're spreading it. If they get it uh, 10 days before Thanksgiving and then head home, they could still be positive. So the policy is that campuses have to get the test done as close to the student's departure date as possible. Uh, It's hard in a system-wide policy to come up with one set time because every campus ends a little differently at different times. The students' classes end at a different time. So they'll have to do the scheduling to get the testing as close to their departure date as possible. And if you look at the guidance, what we say is, we want you to get that testing done, and we then would like to have the students exit so they don't have extra levels of exposure. We picked the ten, within 10-day 10 um, piece just to give it some time frame from which the campus is to work on. And what we really did was rely on the public health experts. This wasn't something that we wanted to mess around with. So thanks to the good work of the um, head of the Infectious Disease con- Control at SUNY Upstate and their public health department, as well as the university at Albany's public health program, uh, Dean Holtgrave and uh, Eli Rosenberg, a great uh, public health expert over there. They helped develop and approve this policy. So we felt very comfortable with the time frame and the scheduling of the testing. What happens if a student says, you know what, I just got to get out of town. Um, My parents need me home Wednesday night. Uh, I'm just not going to get tested. Here's what I'll say. Everybody's raising this sort of cynical student piece. I will, we, when I became chancellor at the end of August, we implemented system-wide testing on a regular basis. So all of our campuses now are doing regular surveillance testing, and our students have been phenomenal. They've been showing up. They've been doing their tests. Um, It's an easy saliva test. It takes a couple of minutes. It's easy to administer. They want to do the right thing. I've been going around to campuses. I've been to something like 35 campuses now in my short tenure. I see students socially distanced. I see students wearing their masks. I see them showing up for their tests. So I don't have that same cynicism. They've been complying. And for those few students that have not complied, of course, we put the uniform compliance guidance in in effect, too. So there's serious consequences because you're not just violating a code of conduct on a campus. You're violating public health orders. But that's been 
a very small number of students. Mostly our students have been great. I'll see them doing the same thing here because in the end, they want to protect their families too. We're going back on Thanksgiving break. There's a lot of traveling going on. The CDC just raised that the virus is spreading because of smaller gatherings now, and they put particular concern on Thanksgiving and additional warnings. So they may not get sick, but they know full well that if they have the virus, they could spread the virus to an older loved one or an immune-compromised loved one, and they don't want to do that. So I have great faith in our students. Our students have been doing the right thing. And by the way, they've been a model. And just look at our numbers. 270,000 tests performed on our campus since the beginning of the semester, 0.5% positivity rate. Now, we've had some blips in the road, I know, we, we all know. But overall, our students are doing a great job. But there is a, a threat of the possibility of punishment if um, a student doesn't comply with getting the test. Of course, there's consequences for any violation of a public health order. These are serious times. This is a serious virus. You've seen the destruction it has wrought. We're not out of the woods yet. So, of course, there are consequences. We hope not to have to use those. They're always available at our disposal, but mostly we've seen high, high compliance. And I have faith that our students will continue to do the right thing in very trying times. This is not easy for our students, and we recognize that. That's why we've been doing other things like mental health services and things like that. We've expanded those services. But our students want to do the right thing, and I think they'll do the right thing here, too. Now, what if uh, a student, you know, isn't going on campus very much? Um, Who does this apply to, and what level of integration with on-campus services is required to uh, have to be in the pool for this test? We're basically saying anybody who uses any campus-level service has to get tested unless you're 100% fully remote, and some of our students are like that. So this applies to about 140,000 of our students that are on campus Um, this semester. You know, we normally have upwards of uh, 425,000 students, but we have about 140,000 on campus. So it applies to all of those students who have been regularly tested anyway over the course of the past several weeks anyhow. So this is not a new thing for them, but it's a significant number of students for sure. Now, if someone tests positive, what happens at that point? Because originally the plan was for many of the the schedules uh, to end a little bit earlier, end at Thanksgiving, and not bring everybody back for finals, which is what we're used to uh, in early December. Send them home once and, and control the spread that way. If someone tests positive late in the semester, what happens to that person? This gets to show you how fluid this situation still is. The original thinking was send everybody home at Thanksgiving Don't bring people back because we want to limit the spread. The CDC and others now, public health experts, have seen that the spread is happening largely because of small gatherings of people. You have to adapt. People are going home for Thanksgiving. That could be a potential source of the spread. We want to limit that spread. What happens in this situation if a student or a faculty member or a professional staff member or a support staff member on campus tests positive, just like it happens in any case across New York State, you have to isolate and quarantine for 14 days. We're mandating as part of this policy that our campuses provide space, food, other services for students that don't have a place to go, because that might be some situations where a student might only have the only option may be to quarantine on their campus, but also work with the local health department. If the local health department okays an isolation and quarantine space at home or some other place, yes, do those things. Follow good public health uh, pieces, limit the exposure, but do what always happens right now. Our students are test- we have had students test positive over the course of the semester. They've had to isolate and quarantine. Our faculty and staff have tested positive over the course of the semester. They've had to isolate and quarantine. So the same rules apply. This is not, you know, it's like some situation where people out there saying, oh, my God, they're, they're taking away our rights and things like that. These are public health orders. These are, this is serious business. 
we just want to make sure that students that don't have an option, that they're taken care of well on campus if they can't go to another place right away. Will they definitely have the test in time to leave? Um, how how yes. quick is the turnaround? Turnaround, Upstate Medical is turning around the test within 48 hours. So it's one of the quickest turnarounds in the entire nation. They, they have been working tirelessly, and I do think they should be given awards for this. I mean, the public health team at Upstate Medical, uh, led by Dr. Middleton, they haven't slept in months. Um, so they are producing tests on a regular basis, results. They're getting, they're doing the wastewater test, testing for many of our campuses. They're doing the saliva test for many of our campuses. Uh, they're going to keep working until the job is done. At the same time, University of Albany has their own saliva test. They've been working around the clock as they're testing all of their students. So all of, this th- all of these things are happening. The turnaround time is very quickly. We can understand the window very quickly. We've been able to monitor our spread of uh, any potential spread of our virus, of the virus on our campuses quickly because of this test. And we've been able to get it down to the level where we even know by program what's happening. Recently, I'll give you a perfect example, Ian, because of all the testing that we're doing. Orange County Community College, they have a great president there, has been on top of this. They run a nursing program out of their Newburgh office. They noticed that there was some positive cases because of testing in the nursing program. So they were able to isolate to the program. Same thing at SUNY Purchase, where there was something in some of the arts programs. So the testing has worked. We've been able to do quick turnaround. We have an ample number of tests for our students. It doesn't cost the students anything. This is SUNY paying for those costs of the testing and things like that. Uh, but we think this is an added level of protection. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you the perfect example of like when people go home. I look at this as like a pebble in a lake. You throw a pebble in a lake and it has a ripple effect. You don't want that ripple effect of spreading a virus unknowingly. We just want people to have the information. Let's test everybody. Let's see who has the virus. Let's, I would rather come back and say there's only five people or nobody has the virus and everybody can go home and enjoy their Thanksgiving. But for that student that does have the virus, I think they want to know because I think they want to know whether they go home and see their grandparents or their immune compromised parent or a sibling who may be immune compromised. They don't want to infect their family member. They want to have that right information. They want to be able to do the right thing. And they've been doing that across the board. Uh, last thing, um, academically speaking, are there any extraordinary measures being taken uh, in case someone does go home for what's supposed to be online only finals to finish the semester? Now they find out, geez, I have uh, COVID, I've got to isolate, maybe I'm not feeling well, um, and they can't finish their finals in time. What happens then? You know, this was this has been an extraordinary time. In March, for instance, when many of the campuses closed, there was a system of pass-fail put into place, so students had a little more flexibility of either taking a grade or taking a pass-fail or satisfactory and unsatisfactory. I think our campuses and our faculty have been enormously gracious and understanding because, by the way, they're going through the same trials and tribulations that our students are in many cases about what their younger children are doing in K-12 through and things like that. So I think people have been more lenient in giving extra academic time, um, giving students more opportunities to complete their studies. By the way, Ian, I'm teaching this semester. And I've noted the same thing even with the course that I'm teaching, that students need a little extra time for work because of everything that's going on. So you provide that flexibility. This is not to punish uh, students in the middle of a pandemic. I want to applaud those students who said, even in this really difficult situation, where even if you come back to campus, you can't have the normal campus life. We want to further our academic studies, you know, give them an opportunity to be successful. And I think most of our campuses have been doing that. What's the name of your class? 
My name, I teach a class, Ian, on federalism, the relationship between state and federal government. So there's lots of things to talk about from climate change to education policy to um, adult use marijuana policy to election and voting rights and civil rights. So we're having a fun time with that class this semester. Okay. I can think of a guest speaker you might have on your list. Uh, that's <laughs> SUNY <laughs> Chancellor Jim Malatris. Thanks so much for taking this time for us. Thank you so much, Ian. All right, that does it for this episode of the WAMC News Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Ian Pickus.